Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right, guys. Part two this week. We are Part one, if, it, if this is the first one you listen to. That's right. Appreciate you guys. It's Adam and Matt here. Appreciate uh, you guys listening every week. Seriously, there, there's a there's a lot of people who uh, tune in this podcast, and, and uh, we're super appreciative for people following along weekly, loyally, and, and if you're new here, thank you for coming and being a part of the Land and Legacy podcast this week. I'll give them a little treat since they're loyal, and yeah. podcast is our number one source for getting information, information. out. Um, I mean, there's way more listeners than there are followers on social media, which is kind of weird to me. But I guess in the day of 2021, no wonder there's not as many people on social media as there <laughs> as there that used to too, be. It takes time to scroll through stuff and find it all. But a podcast, man, you put those earbuds in, you're driving down the road, you can listen, you can enjoy when you're doing other things. That's yep. what I love about them. Yep. And, and they're, so they're digestible. What, guys, what do we got for them? Check out the shoplandandlegacy.com because we just updated and put more green. Is that the new one I gave you? Are you already sweating through the new one? <laughs> Dude, it's August. Of course I'm sweating well, through Well, wear a one. different hat. Try oh, no, I, I, I don't. When I stick to a hat, I get to a hat. You, have you just seen the loading one that I had? Uh, yeah. Disgusting. I've got two of them that are I, both disgusting. I just wear them plumb out. There's a little... As my daughter calls them, hunting honeybirds. Honeybirds. There's a little hummingbirds. We we have in because we got the uh, trumpet vine blooming mm-hmm. right there in the neighbor's tree. But we have visitors, hummingbird visitors, honeybirds. Oh, honeybirds, which called. We have yeah. honeybird visitors daily, daily at the house. They're yeah. so fun. Well, anyway, <coughs> so we've got the loading green turkey. Yeah. Um, hats back in stock, and what I was going to tell you because you're devout followers and listeners is we will have new ones dropping hopefully soon um, that actually involve an animal that we've not put on a patch yet. So we've got yeah. a new piece of artwork. And that, it's sharp. That, that is a, uh, a grassland, well, or, or the woodland species historic figure yes. that's coming to you guys um, that will be dropping hopefully in, in, in sometime in September. Um, that, but they're that, sharp. That, that they look good. So... Um, anyway, be guys, watching for those updates. Yeah, we'll share it as soon as we get the first one off the line. We will. Take no, we a we, we, and share we need it. to uh, we need to give one of those away too. Once they come out, we need to do some a, a giveaway on on yep. the podcast or something um, to to you guys. So, anyhow, yeah. So this podcast, um, yeah, this podcast. Um, talking about uh, this is a pretty good question that we get from a lot of our. Uh, clients that we work with in the consulting business. Um, <laughs> I laugh, Matt, when I say that because we had a we had a review a while back where a guy said it seems like we're pushing our services. I'm like, 
That's kind of the point of the podcast. <laughs> Help you and then market our business. Yeah. I I would not disagree with yeah. it. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. We're consultants. You so got we give us. you the information. You us, man. And then if you have a farm and you need help, because we'll help we're in your ear every week telling you how to do things, we're the ones that you hire, hopefully. Yeah. That's exactly. the way it is. There's no, I don't, there's I no try to secret. Hide it. There is no secret here. No, no secret. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we, we tell you what to do. when you hire us. Exactly. And so, I mean that is our full time job is is land and natural resources. That is what supports so. your family. That is what supports my family and yeah. helps Kyle and Frank as well. And, yeah. and and we're happy to do it. But there's there's no secret about it. It's what we do. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of like it's like one of those agree, uh, arguments you see on social media where, the, where one guy thinks one way and another guy thinks the other way, and he's like, "No, exactly what you said. I agree with. Like those are yeah, valid yeah, points." Yeah. I, I don't know what we're disputing here. You um, got me. Yeah. So this week is a, a topic that I get them, you know, when we did the uh, NDA habitat module, <coughs> uh, it kind of turned an ongoing joke of what's the potential or what's the score of this piece, yes. this, this little area yeah, yeah. we're looking at. Yeah. What, what would you give this area? What would you give it? And I'm like, an eight, a six, a four. Well, what's a 10? Nah, there's no 10s. No. Sorry. It's a scale of one to 10, but there are no 10s. Nope. When it comes to specific habitat features, like on a scale of one to ten, what is this we're looking at? Well, it's an it's a bur oak savanna. I give it a seven. If it's a white oak woodland, I give it an eight. I give this a blah, blah, blah. but I don't give. I can give whole properties tens, or I give an entire property a ten because it has all the features that a white-tailed deer would ever need. They need to be managed still. Yeah. But but that's the thing of most of those scores is there's always something that can be slightly improved. So you're yeah. Show me a ten. If you have a ten, I'd love to see it. But regardless, the whole idea of scoring or giving um a a, a value to a specific place property um and, and the and the this podcast also stems from. Uh, another recent consultation gentleman was asking you know what do you think is the ceiling what do you think is the potential of this of this property and and that and it's a difficult question yeah. to specifically answer because it's like well what are you quantifying where's the ceiling where's the where's the top where's the mountaintop of this yep. property yep and, most and, people are sitting in death valley yeah that is that is that is true when it comes to overall habitat when it comes to carrying capacity, when it comes to efficiency of hunting, when it comes to forage, when it comes to cover, all of these things added up, there's so much more potential. And and I know that we've talked about too here recently on the on other podcasts, Adam, that we did. We talked about like the way we see properties, um, the analogy of like building the pizza, right? Yeah. Um, or or having vision and seeing things that aren't there in the future that, that you just you have to be able to envision and be creative and look past what it is um that's right Ooh. in front of you and look beyond it um but but it's a difficult question to answer however it's a question that you can certainly say more than this better than this and and let's be straight up honest with everyone listening there are factors as a landowner, whether you have 40 acres, 400 or 4,000, it doesn't matter, but there are factors, things like state regulations. Um, yep. Unless you're going to go buy all your neighbors, there's the variables that, that you can't change. 
and your your neighborhood, you can change that. You can you can do a co-op. You yep. can be an influencer. Um, so you can make those those influences in your area, but you may not be able to change exactly who owns yeah. that property. For example, if you had if there if it was even possible and you carved out 600 acres in Iowa, southern Iowa and 600 acres in northern Missouri, very similar habitats like in the neighborhood, yes. but it was the exact same 600 acres. Based on regulations, you would more than likely have more trophy caliber bucks in Iowa than you would in Missouri. Yes. Gun seasons being yep. totally different timing, having the ability to use large caliber rifles, non-residents, application hunts. You would have better deer hunting more than likely on the Iowa piece than than Missouri. Correct. That's not a shock, yeah. right? Everyone, everyone is aware of some of these variables and these things that are out of control, out of your control, but that doesn't Kentucky, define Tennessee, a ceiling. Kentucky, same way. I mean, you Ohio, have to understand. Ohio, West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia. You have to understand that because of state regulations, it doesn't define the ceiling, no. but it certainly can help the ceiling go higher if the state regulations are in your favor of helping you, like, if your goal is trophy yes. caliber bucks. State regulations, you know, Kentucky would be great because it's got one buck. Iowa being pretty good because you got one buck if you're non-resident and it takes a while to get a tag there. Yep. All that comes into play, as well as weather. Yep. Because if you're in a dry climate and it's hard to grow crops and, you know, you're in west Oklahoma, west Texas. You have 15 inches of rain a year. The vegetation uh, response after disturbances and just annual growth is very limited. Yeah, I mean that, that those are variables that are out of your control. However, when we're talking about what's the ceiling, it is still respective to the region that you're in. You know, what is it you want to accomplish? Well, don't try and accomplish something that, let's say, Southern Iowa is producing, and that be your that be your goal um, in. Let's say Alabama. Can great deer and deer hunting all be had in Alabama? Absolutely. It could be incredible. It could be, I mean, shocking. But is yeah. it the exact same thing? No, there's still these other variables that are, again, out of your control to, to change. So all this to be said, the ceiling or the potential of a property is really high. And I don't care what state you're in because of what you said earlier. Yep. That state regulation doesn't determine your ceiling. It just has an impact on it. Mm-hmm. So, so again, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York, all those states can and do produce incredible whitetails, incredible game populations in their respective areas. But we, those state those those outside factors and variables don't determine it. They just impact it some. So so we we're clear on all of that. Yeah, Adam. So blanket statement now. Just assume that all state regulations are the exact same. Yes. Let's just assume that you've got two bucks over the counter, blah blah blah, whatever it may be. Just assume it's all the exact same. Yep. As we move forward into what's the ceiling of my property yes and you know weather's great let's just say it's it's a utopia or it's <laughs> it's eden. adequate yeah yes. it, you've got plenty of rain not too much not yep. too little just 
just the right amount. Yep. Let's let's say all those things are consistent, and I I I told this to a landowner, and we had this conversation, and it's probably gonna step on some toes, but it's truthful, and and these conversations, honestly, I think are the ones that make everyone realize just how good things can be, but if in this utopia. Everyone's deer hunting. Everyone's owning land. Uh-huh. It's all the same. The biggest limiting factor that determines the ceiling of the property is the person who owns the property. The landowner themselves, and we've seen in many instances, is the person or the or the variable that has the most influence over where that property is going and the ceiling that it can reach, well, whether it's the, the rate that it gets there or whether it's just the height of that ceiling. Yeah. Well, and there are listeners that go, well, duh. Sure. But at the same time, it's the landowner's responsibility as as the landowner to then identify what's limited, what's problematic, what issues you have, what holes there are in the ship. Yep. And fill those holes and make it a better ship. Yep. Make it and, float and better. That's make it where I fi- yeah. yeah. And that's where so many times, I mean, if I ask you, Matt, a pretty pointed question and say, out of all the properties we've worked, addressing the habitat the way it was the day we walked it, would you say more property... That we visited, I don't even know. It's so probably over a hundred thousand acres that we yeah. worked now. Private oh, landowners, yeah, for sure. Yes. How many of those properties would you rate the habitat? And I know this is very difficult, and researchers yeah. and biologists will probably hate to hear this. But how many of those would you rate on a scale of good or bad? How many? What percentage is good, and what percentage do you feel like is bad? Ballpark me. Current status. More is bad. Way more. Very easy to answer. I say it's easy over 70% are bad. Less than 30 are good. Right, right. Because even even in southern Iowa, the land of giants, we visit, I mean, we visit a ton of properties in southern Iowa throughout the whole stretch of the state. And even where there's giant deer, the habitat is still bad. Yeah. And you say, well, how is that even possible if they've got that big of deer on bad habitat, that's where we say, that's what's scary to know just how good it could be. Because the fields are taken over with cool season grass, specifically smooth brome. Um, the the, the timber is probably chocked full. Multiple rows and hickories. Multiple rows and shag bark <laughs> hickory. The oaks are suppressed. There's just a lot of other problems, bush honeysuckles coming in, autumn mm-hmm. olives coming in. There's not as much fire. The 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 prairies are dominated by grass. The the list goes on and on. And that's just southern Iowa. Yeah. I mean, going to Ohio and you you name the invasive, it's there. And it's there. Most La- likely. A lot of uh which by the way, diminishing oak tr- oak production, mass production had, trees. Well, you don't live What's around up? here now. But you you maybe t- took the road over here that we take typically where you used to live. Yeah. Um, Japanese knotweed. 
Oh, yeah. In the ditch. Yep, I saw it. Only spot it. I've seen it all yep. over southern Missouri. Yep. I saw it today blooming. I went. Oh, yeah. Hey. Well, Nick, did you did Nikki, you see it all over New York and, and Pennsylvania? I didn't. Really? I saw I it all over New York. I saw it all over uh, West New York when I was over there yep. uh, a couple months ago. Yep. I did not see it in northern New York. Well, Fred Mighty's was the one that was yeah. seeing it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so the list goes on and on. Like, where's wh- what's the potential of my property? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, and I can go out on a limb. I'm going to say most of them are going to be higher than what it is right now. <laughs> most of you guys that are listening – the ceiling, the potential is way higher than what you're experiencing right and, now. And the reason, the, and this goes for, for us too. I don't want to say it seemed like, hey, we're dogging on the property that you own. That's not the case at all. The, because, Adam, when you bought uh, the property with Chad, yeah. Terrible. recognize this is not like, Terrible. this is not a good quality property at its current state. It can get there, and it will get there, and you guys are being aggressive and doing some great things, but that it wasn't going to get there without you, the landowner, making those judgment calls, making those evaluations, saying, wow, we're starting with this, and we've got to take it bigger than this, but it wasn't going to get there on its own. It wasn't going to get there in your lifetime. It just wasn't oh. without making those decisions. I mean, in, in a nutshell, when I was Brett, Barry, who was joining us uh, yesterday and was kind of, we were showing him the property and, you know, he's a young man trying to learn more and maybe even carry a camera for us some this fall, most likely will, but um, kind of just looking over things. And I'm like, if you took, you know, look over this hill where it's not been timbered and you say, you know what, I'm going to let it grow for 30, for 30 more years. In 30 more years, I don't think we would make as much money as we could now. Because as those trees grow, they're growing more girth, if you will, more diameter, more board feet, but they're starting to die on the inside and oh, absolutely. rot. And so you, 30 years You drive years across now, the loading dock, you just start counting how many were, were beginning to get hollow. Yeah. As is now, they were going to be shells yeah. later down the road. Yeah. It, basically, as I told Chad, I said, these most of these trees are skeletons. Yep, and and they give the appearance that they're healthy and look good and great, and because they're growing from outside, yeah, not the inside, right? Yeah, the it's oldest like, portion is the inside, and you can't f- see that. Can't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. You can't judge a tree's age by its size. You can't judge a tree's health by just or overall density, ju- lumber value, just by looking at it. Right, but 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 regardless, it started out as a turd. And and you're having to reshape and rethink and reevaluate and make plans and do drastic measures to to make something good out of where it's at now. Yeah. And and that's a boat I and think so many people are in and they just don't know that they're in because they haven't critically looked and evaluated at what is good habitat, what is good quality, how can I create that here? Game species are there and present. Wow, there's there some thunder. <laughs> um, game species are there and present, but not at the rate, not the size, not the density, whatever, that it could be if the habitat was improved. And so we we want to stress and say that, like, d- your area may not be the biggest limiting factor. It's your ability to, to see what the ceiling could be. Yep. And, and, and you 
it may be necessary to bring in outside help, whether it's a state employee, whether it's us, whether it's someone else. You have to change. Like, if you don't see that, if you, don't, if you can't vision your property in any way else, then you're in that boat. You're sitting there stagnant and idle. Yep. And that's not a, a good place to be as a recreational landowner who's trying to hunt successfully, who's trying to yep. grow big deer, who's trying to have robust turkey populations or great quail populations. It needs f- refreshed. It needs changed. It needs transformed in most situations, making the landowner the biggest limiting factor on, on yep. the possibilities of a property yeah totally it's you go into it you know and so i'll use that southern iowa example again they're growing boone and crockett bucks 200 inch plus bucks throughout much of southern iowa Mm -hmm. and you say well habitat's bad what what how much better could it get could we grow 250 we had that conversation with client greg lessinger yep yeah i think i think one day free range deer up there could be 250 easy Mm mm-hmm that be a new standard, and because yeah. they've they've a t- they've grown. old news. We want a yes. two twenty now. Yep. And I, you know, as heck, that's old news. Eastern red cedar encroaching all over yeah. it, which yeah. isn't providing forage value. The cover value is pretty poor unless mm-hmm. it's young growth. Um, so all that comes into play. Well, what do you go into the Ozark Mountains, and the habitat's poor? Well. Can we grow more Boone and Crockett bucks? Yeah, I think we can. I know yeah. we can. Right. Can we have better turkeys? Yes, absolutely. What about down south? Can we grow, you know, right now we our average age for a four-and-a-half-year-old buck is 120 inches. Average well, score. Average score. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it can be 140. Right. Like, there is the ceiling. Most people don't know the ceiling. That's and we right. don't even know the ceiling on our own farms because we're so, so no. uh, fresh and new. New. On it, and and that's where I boy I like that sound right there. Like thunder, yeah, yeah. I know they can't hear it in the background, but it's thunder and it's coming. That, that first it's one, working they all its way. Yeah, and so um, that's the thing is like, okay, you we do not know the ceiling, we do not know the potential. All you and I know from evaluating these properties is that we're far from it. We're far from it. However, we know how to we know how to get it to where it can be and express the most potential that it can. I yeah. know how to create that. I just don't know how to define what that ceiling is. I'll yeah. get you there, but but I don't know what what that ceiling point is because and and honestly, I don't I I don't necessarily <laughs> want to. I want I want it to be an unknown. I want to be searching and 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 continuing to improve things to where it's always, well, it was here, the bar was yeah. here, but now it's here, and, and the, now it's getting here. And the other part of that, too, is that you have to consider is as you move the needle up and improving habitat and improving the potential or getting closer to the ceiling and pushing, maybe even pushing Push that, that ceiling high, higher, is you also can't lose fact of there's habitat management, and then you also have to do herd management. Totally. And so, so many guys will Great increase habitat, in. and yep. but not do herd management. Yep. And so, you're going up with that habitat potential, but then it starts slowing down and starts to tick backwards because the herd management yep. was not happening. It was, a, it was out of check. I was yeah. out of balance. And that's and the big thing that Chad and I are trying to do this fall is... Got to. We have a, a pretty good population, and we've had some really nice bucks. Donus was a really nice buck, 193-inch, five-and-a-half-year-old, um, give or take, based on it was sheds, not actual uh, harvest. And... But we're noticing this year there's a lot more does, 
And as you see habitat quality go up, you're going to see prey species explode and try to fill and go within the carrying capacity of that property. But if you want to really maximize the size of your deer, you got to knock that population down. The, the number of individuals, if you want to see the best quality individuals, has to be below that carrying capacity. If yeah. not, then you're starting to see stress. You might not be able to visually see that stress, but their bodies will indicate that. And yeah. so it has to be right there below that carrying capacity or or well below it to see that potential. Here's, here's a property, a great example. Landowner that we work with in southeast Ohio bought a great farm, as in been doing some dramatic changes to the property to continue to improve it, um, but also been doing dramatic herd management. In the last couple of years, they have reduced the number of antlerless deer there considerably. And just, I, I mean, I was falling asleep last night and I got 20 pictures of some amazing deer and I and I texted him back this morning. I was like, is this the best crop? Is this the, the biggest ranging and number of individual buck-wise that you guys have seen so far on the property? He's like, by far, without a doubt, this right here is more or less what we've been going for. But as we're improving the property, we have to manage the herd to create that overall potential yeah. we don't want to make one so good that the other falls short yeah they have to go i, I, I look at parallel like you know increasing line graph they, they're 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 moving at the same rate not one spikes up and the other one drops down it, it is a it is a definitely a cohesive movement in, in a similar direction you have to take things um but another another quick analogy and we'll probably have to wrap this thing up from rain However, everyone can think of a business um, or a business owner who, let's say the business was failing or, or has a new CEO or something because the business wasn't doing good, right? It was struggling. Mm -hmm. And then someone else gets in there, same business, and then it just takes off. It's under new ownership. Um, it changed hands, whatever. And, and it's like, how, how did that happen? You have a similar business, exact same thing, but it just run differently. That's yeah. what we're saying about your property. Yeah. You have the potential to change the ceiling of that property, but you have to be able to have the tools in place to be able to do that. And the tools is, is information and knowledge and willingness to accept change, not necessarily drill, sprayer, tractor, skid steer, these sorts of things. It's the mental capacity to be able to handle it and see something for what it's not and know that I can still take it there. That's right. That's the problem. Don't be your own ceiling. Yeah. And so many times, I mean, you see that with land ownership all the time where it's like landowner A owned the property, did what they believe was best for the deer herd, because mm -hmm. that's what just an easy one, sells the property because he feel like, okay, I've, I've found the ceiling. This is as good as going to be. Yep. Uh, not quite. I, I'm ready for something new. Landowner B steps in, totally different mindset, and you just see that all of a sudden he's harvesting deer that landowner A is looking going, what is going on? <laughs> what yeah. is happening? Yeah. And that's where it's like, okay, that's that that's what we're looking for. We want guys, our clients, to be like, stuff has definitely changed. Get ready for a thundercrack. I think I just saw a lightning flash. Oh, really? Yeah. And so My hear me squeak that's where I just like, yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and you see that all the time, or not all the time, but you see that occasionally where 
especially in the real estate side, a really good property. It's marketed to be a, a phenomenal deer mm-hmm. hunting property. And all of a sudden, a new guy steps in and is like, nope, it's no longer about food plots and feeders. It's about timber management, oil field management. That's our clients. Yep. And yep. they just go, all of a sudden, wow. I, 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 I'm no longer buying a property feeling like we're at the ceiling. We're chasing the ceiling. We're trying to find where it's at. Yeah, I, I don't know where it's at. And I, and I don't want, truthfully, the, the term, well, how's the neighborhood? That might be a good indication of like-minded people being together and, and kind of achieving a goal. That's important. We've talked about co-ops before and believe in them. However, don't necessarily in a neighborhood situation, that's not, that's not what you're chasing. If you're doing true land management, if you're being an eager land owner and you want the best, think bigger and beyond that neighborhood because even in that situation, they may only be doing herd management and just choosing to select to harvest older age class deer and they haven't cut a tree in five years. That happens all the time. That's not your ceiling. That's not what you're after. You're after bigger and better more than that. Yep. So... I hope that just fuels some people and gets some people yeah. thinking like, dang, have, have, I been, have I been viewing this wrong? Have I been considering well, we're just, we're average status quo? I don't, I don't, I'm not accepting that. This is a conversation I have with a lot of clients, especially so, several this summer. It's like, we just feel like it could be better. Yes. We just feel like our property it's could be phrase better, here. but... I don't know how to get it there. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the habitat and layout sounds a lot like the property you're talking about and mm-hmm. the habitat features you like. I just don't know how to... I just feel like we, we're not experiencing the full effect. Yeah. And that's where it's like, okay, yeah, we need to we need to find the holes in the ship. Yes. Um, find them, fill them. And, and sometimes even, even that is... We've gone to some properties, and it's, it's funny because, like, we said most of the properties have been bad. There's some that have been good quality habitat, but the layout of the of the vegetation types that we would want, they didn't work well. They didn't yeah. work well for the access. They didn't work well to hunt it. So so there was good deer, but the success rate of harvesting taking those animals wasn't very high. And so sometimes you have good properties, but then on top of that, it's it's the layout of those resources that can be reallocated, shifted around, and now it hunts much better. Even if you are in this primo prime spot that's has high quality habitat or high quality um, herd management, yeah, there's still things that can be and should be improved beyond just habitat, beyond just herd management. What yeah. about the layout? Of those uh, resources and yeah. features, so and that's the that's the cool thing for us is there's you know, just three when, three elements when you've got probably more than that, but I, what right. were the three for this access podcast. and layout, habitat, herd and management. then herd management, yeah, and then I mean those are the ones you can control, yep. But then if you throw that into state regs, you get the right weather for a couple of years. Everything, that's when you're like, whoa, this is dangerous. Now we're, now we're cooking with peanut oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm hopeful, you know, Missouri could be better, but Southern Missouri where Chad and I and you, you're you at is like the stuff that we're doing, diversifying the property. We don't know the ceiling. None of my neighbors know the ceiling. Nope. None of 
my neighbor's neighbors know the ceiling. We all just are like, yeah, this is the way it is. This is what, you but, know. But there's still been and is now quality deer around. There's yeah. still deer that anybody across the country would be happy to harvest and choose. But that's Honestly, not the top end. I wish they weren't there. Yeah. Because it's kind of it gives this it gives false image it, of like, okay, right. you know, there's some still good deer. I just hope they're on me this fall. It allows you to kick back your heels and say, well, that's good enough. Yeah. Ah. If you're hungry for more, go out and get it because it's there. Yeah, yeah. So it's anyway, Amer- guys, America. Um, be sure to go check out the hats. Yes, um, they're coming up. Yeah, and we're actually. Oh, that's right, the turkey hats. We are, are going to run a fall sale um, on some hats. We're getting ready for deer season, so guys, be sure to check out the social media Discounted page. Discounted items. And uh, yeah, um, once again, thanks for joining us. Yeah. We'll see you guys.